Hello everyone and welcome back to Parts of Me Holistically. I'm your fumbling host Sasha, also known as the Smiley Limey and the brains behind the Holistic Hero. To all you guys and gals and in between, I've got a fantastic episode of My Life in Music planned today. Um, I figured I'd do a bit more of the My Life in Music before the end of the year so you guys can expect a little bit more as we near the end of this year from utter hell for so many because I just think we enjoy it and I think what is a better way to kind of send this year off its merry way than with some joy. I find such joy in music and memories and I just take such pride in enlightening you guys to new tunes and artists or perhaps treating you guys to something that you haven't listened to in a while or that you feel you needed to listen to. So I have a very special episode planned already for next week that isn't a music episode, but it does have to do with lifestyle and diet, which so many of you guys have pleaded me to discuss. But for today, let's just focus on what I've got in store. I'm gonna take you on a small trip back to the 70s rock era. Perhaps I'll squeeze in some heavy metal and as usual, I'll get some random in-between pieces in there along with some classic favorites of mine. So wherever you are, sit back, relax, and get ready for a good old time to the very end. So I've been told by many people that I'm an, in quote, old soul and that I was since the age of five. And at this point, I just have to accept that it's true. And quite frankly, I actually take it as a compliment to have that side of me, especially being in my early 20s. Um, I was always that kid that wanted to grow up in terms of like mental maturity, but I never wanted to grow up at the same time in terms of just loving being a kid and not having to worry about certain things. But part of that old soul side of me musically is my love for the oldies music, classics, and I guess the fact that, I don't know, one year I bought myself an old-fashioned typewriter just because I wanted to. (laughs) I guess that's off topic, but everybody always talks about that when they're like, oh, you're such an old soul, Sasha, and they're like, oh yeah, and then that typewriter that you bought, because no one does that, but that's not true. I know people that do, so don't hate, don't judge. Anyways, um, Earth, Wind & Fire is a group that I just adore and I find so unique because they weren't like a specific genre of music. They really spanned musical genres of rhythm and blues and soul, jazz, disco, and they even had like Funko Pop dance in there too. They have their hits, but I'm about to play the greatest hit single in their career that I believe can just put anyone in a better mood, especially in September.
great classic, right? I mean, I bet it's been a while since you've heard that song, so hopefully it's up your alley and you appreciated it. It's funny, I was watching like an hour-long documentary on Talking Heads last week because I'm always interested in the stories behind music groups and what makes a great artist their own personal stories and just the craftsmanship behind their art because there's so much more that goes into what we hear and what we know and I just find it super interesting like what makes people who they are what pushes them down a certain path in their life and how do certain pieces just come about and a girlfriend of mine was watching it with me actually via zoom she's really my mom's friend that she's known since they were like 25 but she's become my friend too I'm pretty much friends with all my mom's friends too. (laughs) I was also that girl that always had friends twice her age, even at 10. And she's actually friends, my mom, with half the people in my life too. (laughs) But aside from that, my mom, gosh, she's so freaking cool. She's got like the wildest past, the most incredible stories from growing up in New York City. And when she moved to California, like she's also... I've learned a lot about how she studied to be a doctor before her life kind of like turned to hell and just how to navigate life. My mom is amazing. Her past really carried on with us because it influenced my life as a child, who I connected with in my life and my outlook on pretty much everything. I love my mom and it doesn't hurt that she's got badass style because I've been stealing her clothes since I was nine years old. Anyways, like she was always the cool mom when I used to go to physical school when I was a kid before I started online school. I owe pretty much everything to her. I can laugh with her. There's no boundaries. And I just talk to her about anything and everything. And we were having one of our conversations the other day with our friend when we were watching that Talking Heads documentary. And they were reminiscing about the time my mom... Uh, she went on a date with Billy Idol. This was years ago. And then canceled the date because he freaked her out, I guess. And they were also reminiscing about the time she dated one of Madonna's band members and then spilled the beans about like what really went on behind stage at Madonna concerts. And just like what Hollywood after parties were like back in the 90s when she dated David Boreanaz. Um, he's the guy from Bones. And it's really interesting what I've learned about reality in Hollywood and of music groups from her, even outside my own experience. All I could say is that nothing is truly what it seems, and the dysfunction runs deep behind all those facades. And our girlfriend, who was a New York dancer and producer, she was dying laughing because she was telling us a story about burning down the house by talking heads. I can't share that story because my mom would probably kill me and it's super personal, but in honor of my mom and our friend Patty, this one's for you guys.
I actually learned a lot about the origins of Talking Heads in that documentary and just how odd David Byrne is. Anyways, Billy Joel is an artist that I listen to quite often. He's probably up there on my playlist as most listened to, next to Michael Jackson, of course, because I think I listen to Michael more than anyone else or anything else, probably. <laughs> but I want to play a Billy Joel piece that many seem to ignore. You know, they always focus on like the classics, excuse my cat, because they think the song is just literally about a fisherman in Long Island. That's where Billy Joel grew up, by the way. Struggling to make ends meet and about his daughter, Alexa, and just the general strife of the career. But the song is about much more than that, in my eyes at least. It's about determination in its finest and just the destination of life. Even when you forget your goals and go off the path, you never forget the people in your life and those who push you to keep going on. Was that too deep? <laughs> I don't think so, but who cares? I really love Billy Joel and I really believe it's why I love this song, the reason I just gave. So anyways, please enjoy The Down Easter Alexa by Billy Joel.
The Gap Band was a hit in the early 70s, and gosh, do I wish I could have grown up with groups like this as opposed to some of the crap that kids are growing up with now. But if it weren't for my mother and some family from her side that are just the coolest friggin' people, they were always like so hip for their time. Shout out to you, Ayla. My cousin Ayla is a badass. Anyways, if it weren't for their influence at an early age in my life, exposing me to this type of music world that I love today, perhaps I'd be lost in, like, Cardi B. Ew. I'm kidding. I do love rap, but you get the point. <laughs> the Gap Band is just one of those classic groups that knocks your socks off. It was comprised of three brothers, Robert, Ronnie, and Charlie, and they formed the hit American R&B funk band, which was actually named after streets in their historical Greenwood neighborhood in their hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was actually Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, and that formed the initials Gap, so that's why it became the Gap Band. So today, I want to treat you guys to my favorite song of theirs, a piece of the Gap Band. I give you Outstanding. Outstanding. Girl, you knocked me up. Yeah, you look as sweet tonight You're the yeah, day, girl I wish that I could love you right In a special way, girl You like my fire Yeah. 
I'm going to be honest with you now. I've had some days where all I'll listen to is cool in the gang. That's cool with a K, guys. Yep. And I don't give a damn. Get down on it. Fresh. Celebration. Which, by the way, Celebration, I played that song when Biden won the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. That's right. If you don't like me now, it's fine. You can leave. But most of my crowd knows what I mean, so you can probably relate to that. <laughs> but Ladies' Night is my favorite song from this group. Not just because I've got a shitload of like really funny stories and memories associated with this song, but because I listen to it. Duh. <laughs>
to the Rocky movies, you know, those boxing movies with Sylvester Stallone. I was watching Rocky Four the other night, and when they played Eye of the Tiger, it reminded me of those times that I would listen to that song hiking or working out or even on road trips when I was kind of in that mood. Because <laughs> I feel like you kind of have to be in a mood sometimes when you listen to that song. But funny story, I have a friend who likes to take morning walks and hikes just like me. And sometimes we'll FaceTime each other at the same time when we're out to sort of like motivate each other and laugh at each other especially when I stumble on rocks in the local mountains. And sometimes I mistake turtle statues for real turtles. <laughs> um, if my girlfriend, if you're listening, you know who you are. That was for you because that was just a joke we had the other day. But I played Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. I think it was like a few days ago when I was out hiking. And we both pretended to get this serious look on our face and just kind of chug our way through our walk in this pretend slow motion. It was really funny looking. And I wish I could explain it in like more detail, but it was hilarious. And yes, people were staring at me. So at the very least, I hope I gave them a good show.
I just love life moments like that. Seriously. But off topic, you know, some kids have certain songs or artists that can soothe them or put them to sleep or stop them from crying. It's oftentimes like slow, peaceful music, right? Like my little brother used to fall asleep to Jack Johnson when he was a baby. Like he put it on and it would just instantly put him to sleep. He could be having the worst meltdown and it would just boop right like that. Music was still very much a large part of my life, even as a baby. And my mom said that music that soothed me was very telling about my personality. She said, I love to dance and sing, even as a baby. I started walking and talking full sentences at eight months. I kind of skipped crawling, which is really scary, but it's probably from my ADHD. (laughs) Hey, I've got it bad. What can I say? But Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera was apparently a song that put me to sleep. And Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin was a song that took me out of any bad mood. And it still is today.
Uh, we always joke that I loved gay men since I was a peewee. I guess considering Ricky Martin was the artist that got me grooving even as a baby. <laughs> hey, it's true though. I mean, since I was born, I've always had my gaggle of gays with me. That's what I call them. There is a picture somewhere in the vaults of my reckless childhood of me in a stroller on a sidewalk on PCH in Laguna Beach with six gay men pushing me. And then there's my mom. <laughs> Those bitches are still in my life today, yes. And they are like my dear, dear friends and the daddies I never had, along with many others. But they all have totally different personalities, and I love that. The funny part is that one day when we were walking on that street, people were turning and staring and my mom told them, and I swear this is true, she said that she didn't know who the father was, so they're just all in my life. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Anyways, um, I don't know where I'd be in my life without those guys. So, your Sasha Licious loves you all so much. Yes, there's a story behind the name Sasha Licious, but... Some of us, okay, so some of my gay friends, we, we used to call each other the Burgelstein family, and we all have names for each other. And the roots behind that story is very disturbing, yet hilarious, but I'm going to uh, not go there today. <laughs> I don't think that would be good. But if Popeye, Mother, Sheila, and Marcia, if you are all listening, I love you. <laughs> that was a loaded story. I apologize. Let's get things rolling again. A love in my life, he happens to be a massive Tom Petty fan, and he got me into it. My mom was dear friends with George Louvis, and George Louvis ran Stardust Recording Studios, and he used to record with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So from what I know, behind the curtain is that Tom Petty and Mike Campbell were pretty interesting folks. And I've gotten really into their music. And in spirit of my love, who shared this song with me, as he told me that it got him through a lot in his childhood and when he dealt with depression, about getting through life the best we can with a good spirit and knowing it will just, it'll be okay until the end. And in spirit of my gay friends that helped me get there and understand that we're all still learning to fly. Well, I started out Got a dirty road Started Good old day. 
good song I listen to that song um like I like to listen to the song when I daytime cook if that makes sense and I'll just pump it on in the living room you know it's nice so as I promised now it's time that I take you on a trip down rock and roll lane but I'm gonna go in full force and dramatize it with some heavy metal by playing a song from one of my favorite heavy metal groups five finger death punch I happen to prefer their more mellow pieces, but, you know, there are some more intense ones that I adore, like the one I'm going to play. I think I've said before that my father is a huge heavy metal lover, and as I've known him, all the man listens to is like Megadeth and Chris Cornell and Marilyn Manson and Stone Temple Pilots is like if he's in a calmer mood. (laughs) He's actually not the one who introduced me to Five Finger Death Punch. I was watching an episode of Criminal Minds years ago, and at the end of one episode, they played Far From Home. 
and I was hooked because I love that song. It's like my favorite song from them. And Criminal Minds, actually, if any of you guys have watched the show, they used to play really good music um, at the end of every episode. But what I like about the group is that while they're heavy metal, and yeah, they have some songs where it's so heavy metal you can't even understand what they're saying, but I feel like in general, they are a more neutral group in the sense that they have pieces that combine a nice mix of calm with heavy metal. And I just like the group. And in spirit, I wanted to play a really good piece today. So please enjoy Wash It All Away by Five Finger Death Punch.
So ACDC happens to be one of my favorite rock groups from the 70s. It's also great biking music. I mean like motorbiking. And recently I have reignited my love for their music. It's just good old classic rock at its finest. And I really feel, and I know many others would agree, that they've really made a strong comeback miraculously this year and their biggest breakthrough yet. But I personally believe that they are just undeniably one of the greatest classic rock groups. But I guess that would be a long debate. Thunderstruck was perhaps the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like the secret ingredient for reviving the band's legacy back in the 90s with a jolt of their trademark, kind of like Back in Black, which is another one of my favorites from them. But story has it that the origins started off with the discovery of a good rhythm, and thus the song was born. Thunderstruck by ACDC.
You guys want to know a secret? Well, I guess it's no secret, but it is interesting. So ACDC often refers to bisexuality, but in the band's case, its name developed after Malcolm and Angus Young's sister Margaret saw the initials ACDC on the sewing machine. And thus, they affirm that it's an abbreviation, which means for alternating current slash direct current electricity. It's really weird, huh? But that's what ACD stands for in the band's case. It's interesting, huh? Anyways, moving on. Another quick story, because I'm really pumped about this next song. The band Kiss. Mm-hmm. Boy, the stories behind that group, they go way back in our family as we knew people who worked with good old Gene Simmons. Yeah, he was an interesting dude. I went to a few Halloween parties last year when I was back in California, and I was invited to a huge uh, party in the Hollywood Hills, which is always fun. And I went to two others, but one of which, the hosts happened to be huge fans of KISS. They had this game room subterranean. That's what we call basements in California, so I'm sorry if I lost you. But they had a billiards table. They had a poker table down there. They had jukeboxes. They had random, like, mementos all over the wall. Like, they had, like, all these different license plates from all around the country and the world. And they had this insane vintage KISS-themed pinball machine. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew or know this, but I'm a pinball junkie. Now you know, so... Someone I'm very close to actually used to compete as a kid in like pinball machine contests and he sucked me into it for life. I pretty much fangirled out when I saw that Kiss fan, um, pinball machine and I ended up missing a lot of the party just trying to hit high scores on that machine all night. I actually think I broke it. <laughs> I broke that machine. But there's actually a picture somewhere on my Instagram from last Halloween of me in a Catwoman costume with, I'm like standing next to that pinball machine at that party. If you guys want to feel this moment with me, you can go check it out. But he hired, or one of the hosts, he hired a DJ by his pool area. He had lights and like all kinds of shit. And they specifically had the DJ play Kiss. And I dropped everything I was doing, everyone I was talking to, when they played this song. And I pretty much stole the dance floor out there, as I was told. I was made for loving you by Kiss. Your feet. 
and just vividly remember that day and that moment man it seems like forever and it was just last October which is so hard to believe what a fucked up year it's been man oh well I just pray for a future where we can get back to all those things that we took for granted which I hope we no longer will I hope we've learned our lesson but I would love to just have fun again with each other but until then yes I had to do this because it wouldn't be authentically me if I did not sneak in a piece from Michael, Michael Jackson. Dirty Diana hit the charts on the Bad Album in 1987. Michael said in an interview that Diana was supposed to be referring to a groupie who appeared to be dedicated to Michael himself, but in reality, she was seducing a number of different band members. This song is actually about Michael coming to the reality that Diana was not the girl he had originally thought she was, and he was making it known that others should be just as aware of her ways. So, like, there was, and there still is, I guess, some speculation regarding whether or not this was a true story, 
I mean, it did come from Michael's mouth, but that's what people did. They questioned Michael. And due to his notoriety and his reputation, it's just unlikely that he ever would have used the name of the actual person who did this, but more likely he used a well-known name that could just be easily disguised. But that was Michael, you know, even if he were referring to someone specific, he just respected privacy. Some even actually go as far as to speculate that he was referring to Diana Ross or Princess Diana, who he had a strong relationship with. But his lips remained sealed throughout his career, though he did hint that the song was not in reference to the princess. But anyways, short story over. I want to hear some Michael now. I can't wait anymore. She's probably worried 
has been and always will be a huge part of my life. If you happen to see a Jeep with Heal the World and MJ Innocent stickers on it, it's mine. Wait, that probably wasn't a good idea to say. Please don't stalk my car. I gotta learn to put a clasp on my damn mouth. <laughs> God. Anyways, I was actually really surprised and just elated recently to receive a just because gift in the mail from a really close friend of Michael's, let's just put it that way, who gifted me a really rare signed uh, special copy of his book, Moonwalk. I think I've read it like 50 times already. And aside from anything else, it's incredible. Michael was extremely intelligent and just so wise by, beyond his years. Um, his faith and his strength has taught me a lot. I could talk about him all day. I really love that man a lot. And I miss him. He was beautiful inside and out. So before I get all emotional, I'm going to head into the next song. Years ago, a friend of mine sent this song to me because they said it completely made them think of me. And at first I didn't really know how to take it because I thought the song was referring to a person who just has a negative view of everything. They said it was because they thought of me as someone who's just always wearing black and white, isn't as keen of everything colorful, and just has a different perspective on life. But after I listened to the song, I not only fell in love with it, but I realized that it's more so about a person who doesn't always see things the way others do. And that's always, that can be a good thing. It's about someone who's dealt with a lot in their life. And because of that, they've developed a more jaded sense of reality until they came back to their senses. So this song is completely relatable to me and I'm sure to many others. And it's just a beautiful piece that was originally on the Rolling Stones cover by Kiara, Paint It Black.
a bit about a running joke that I have with people in my life. 
And one person came up with the term Cali Yorker to describe me in a nutshell. This because I'm a Southern California native, but I also have really deep New York roots and values. California will always be home to me and will always be where I'm most in my element and most comfortable. I mean, it is home in my heart and in most every way. All my main roots are there, but I love New York. Being in the city is just always so inspiring and I love the people. And it's like the world is trying to push all those life opportunities right in your face when you're there. The stories that my family could share about New York, my gosh. I don't know if I've ever talked about a very fond route that I have in New York, but when my grandparents from my mom's side immigrated from Europe right after World War II, they became citizens and um, my grandfather started his own business. My grandfather was um, a watchmaker for Rolex and he worked right on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, actually not far away from where the Twin Towers used to be. And he became very successful and then he moved on to found his own business, which is actually still in our family. But he was trained in Switzerland by um, like a genuine Rolex watchmaker where, you know, watchmakers are kind of like a dying breed. They don't really exist anymore. Um, my grandfather has uh, passed away. Um, he's been passed away for a few years, but there were very few of people like him in the world. And um, he was incredible. He had this amazing ability to do the impossible. It's funny, he actually, um, he had lost three, three fingers. I mean, he had like nubs. And um, it was because when he was a little boy, growing up in East Germany, he um, touched a bomb that was in their backyard from the war and his fingers exploded. And that's why he lost three of his fingers. But despite that, he used to repair these Rolex watches that have like the smallest of pieces you can even imagine. And he would still do it. And he used to have that little, uh, what do they call those? Those um, like magnifying glass type things that you stick in your eye so you have your hands free. But he, I used to watch him in his office all the time repairing these watches. And it was so fascinating. Um, it's actually really cool. My grandmother gave me a bunch of these really random watch pieces when he passed away, like really like nuts and bolts type thing. And my mom was like, she can do anything. And she used to make jewelry at one point in her life. There's not much the woman can't do. So she took these pieces and she turned them into jewelry. So it's really cool. Um, I have like all these watch pieces from my grandfather made into a piece of jewelry. And it's just really beautiful. And it's really sentimental to me also because um, when my father left my mother and I and my other side of the family basically tried to destroy us in every way after I was born, we moved to Florida and that's where my grandparents lived. They had moved there from New York, New Jersey um, and built their dream house in Jensen Beach. And my grandfather basically helped support us when we were really down and out 
by repairing these Rolex watches even past his retirement years. Um, and I pretty much, I don't think I'd be alive if it weren't for him and my grandmother. And it's of course a really long, complex story that will be in my book when it's published one day. But when I look, I have this Rolex watch that he customized for me for my 16th birthday. I don't see this expensive social status item. I basically look at it as a piece of jewelry that helped me survive through my adolescence. Um, I don't wear that watch. I only wear it on like special occasions. And even then it's like the one thing I will never ever sell or get rid of or anything for any amount of money in the world. So when I see Rolex on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, it just brings chills down my spine to this day. Like it just our, our roots really go way back. Like my famous um, uh, aunt, my great aunt, she was a famous fashion designer. Her, she basically rooted her career in New York City when she moved there and she lived in Carnegie Hall. And my great grandmother, she helped hide Jewish people in the walls of her home in Germany during World War II. And when she escaped, she basically regained her life in New York and New Jersey. Yeah, another long story. But needless to say, I come from a really long line of just badass women. And my mother, let's just say, New York is very much a part of her life having grown up right next to the city. And I hold just such fond memories there. I feel content there. And I have so many loved ones there. And yeah, it's a city where you really have to watch your back and have your wits about you and know the right people, which thankfully I do. And especially as a woman, it's even more important that you keep your wits about you there. But it is just, it's one of a kind. There's no place like New York. I miss it. I miss my friends and my family there. And Madonna kind of helps me tune into that. I love New York.
it was Usher. I don't know what his name I can suggest to any of you listening who haven't been to New York City, yeah, definitely go do the touristy stuff, but go do some things that just are authentically New York style that are just kind of off the beaten path a little bit, and you'll really get a taste, a true taste for what that city is all about. Anyhow, let's move on to just a more random, different song that I've been listening to a lot this week. It's just a song that reminds me of that relationship where, you know, you have those moments where you don't give a shit about anything else but loving that person, if you know what I mean. (laughs) This song is very boldly about a man trying to woo and explain his intentions to a woman, and despite anything she does, he's just uninterested. All he wants to do is kiss her. Simple as that. Kiss by Prince. Thank <laughs> you. 
feel as though that song has just a really unique funky vibe about it, but it's still in that typical style of Prince. So there, I just wanted to sneak that in and treat you guys. Sorry, not sorry. Things are gonna change a bit here again as we come to a close soon. I know I always talk about this story and I'm not gonna tell it again. So listen to my last few music episodes and you'll get the full details about what I'm talking about here. But in short, this past February, I took a few close friends of mine. I also took my mother on a trip on the Impractical Jokers Cruise 4, which went from Miami to the Bahamas for five days. Uh, It was a blast until chaos broke loose as per usual. But I'm constantly talking about it because it was the last piece of normalcy in our lives before the world basically halted. But we also listened to a lot of music that has created deep memories for me now. And I played a lot of pieces from that trip, but I almost forgot about this one. This song is another feel-good song that I actually introduced my friends to who I took on the trip. We stayed in Pompano Beach in a high-rise the night before the cruise, so we basically didn't have to drive far the next morning, so we'd make the cruise. But it was still a two-hour drive to Pompano the night before, and so I rented a Jeep Wrangler, and we jammed out, we laughed till we peed our pants, and we told stories, and we basically just enjoyed all that life had to offer on the way down. We also went and we just kind of like explored Palm Beach a little bit on the way down there, like we used to when I lived there. But we would reminisce about things, and we were getting excited for what we were all going to share together on another adventure that week. And I had actually heard this song on a cruise commercial. Ironic, right? Our boat was the Pearl from Norwegian Cruise Line. It was the Norwegian Pearl. And I think that this song was actually from a Norwegian cruise commercial, which made it even more ironic and fun. But we really felt like we were just going to live it up to the fullest on that boat. And we did. And I played this song on the way down to get us pumped. Best Life by Spencer Ludwig.
out to that song so hard and we actually danced to it in the hotel room when we got there (laughs) it was so fun I just wish I could time travel back to that moment right now and you know you can't speaking of time travel I'm gonna time travel all the way back to 1988 right now and play a song that I simply adore Diana Ross's music is something that I'm very fond of. Actually, go on YouTube now and watch her sing and dance upside down with Michael Jackson. He was so freaking young, man. It was so old, but it was so classic. And it was just like, oh, you look at that now and it's like, wow. She's such a huge part of the Jacksons' lives. She's an incredible woman with just damn good talent. And that being said, I want to play a song from hers. Upside Down by Diana Ross.
upside down. I'm coming out, give up, love and living and giving. Those are all really good Diana songs too. And you just can't not dance to them. But just for today, I want to play a song that maybe some of you may be surprised to hear or maybe have never heard before. I've got a crackerjack of an idea, but I must confess the secret is out. I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep, I'm one of those. (laughs) I don't care. One of my gay friends, he got me really into understanding the film, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, and just loving it. And if you don't know about it or what it's about, in short, it's become a cult classic. It's about sweethearts Brad and Janet, and they are stuck with a flat tire during a storm, they discover an eerie mansion of Dr. Frankenfurter, who happens to be a transvestite scientist. And as their innocence is lost throughout the film, Brad and Janet meet a house full of wild characters, including a rocking biker and a creepy butler. So through elaborate dances and all these really cool rock songs, Frankenfurter unveils his latest creation, a muscular man named Rocky. And it is such a fascinating movie, and I freaking love it. Many people don't like it. I guess it's just not up their alley. They just don't get it. But I was with my one friend who happens to share my freaky love, and we kind of enable each other. And one day, we were driving in West Hollywood, where he lives, down those rainbow-painted roads on La Cienica Boulevard. And because we're just really into the album, too, we figured, why not? We pumped it on in the car, and we were singing along to Sweet Transvestite, windows open, just laughing and loving life. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little brought down, because when you not... He thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. But by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual. You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you 
want something visual that's not too abysmal. We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite To the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. I'm not gay, I'm not transsexual, I'm not bisexual, but I definitely feel as though Rocky Horror can help enlighten anyone to loving and understanding that world, because in my opinion, more people need to open their eyes and accept, and maybe if you're anything like me, support. I love that memory. Go watch Rocky Horror Picture Show, you'll love it. I just really love that show, and I wish people would too, but we're all different, so... We're almost done here, you guys, but I've got two more treats in store for you. Do I have any Depeche Mode fans out there? Because if so, you guys are in luck, because I'm bringing back 1980 right now, and I am playing my favorite, I know you like it too, Personal Jesus. Personal Jesus was actually inspired by Priscilla Presley's book, Elvis and Me. Priscilla Presley obviously was Elvis's wife, where she described their relationship And Martin Gore of Depeche Mode said that it's a song about being a Jesus for somebody else, someone to give you hope and care. And it's kind of about how Elvis was her man and her mentor, and oftentimes how that happens in love relationships, how everybody's heart is like a god in some way, and how that's not a very balanced view of someone, is it? That was actually spoken by Gore himself, and I completely agree with him. Marilyn Manson's version of this song is actually really great too, in my opinion. And I know it's kind of odd that Marilyn Manson would sing any song with the word Jesus in it, but you know, you can't beat the classic. So that's what I'm going to play. And I'm going to play the slightly longer version because I really love this song. 
So here you go, Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode.
all guys it's that time and i want to end this episode that has been so much fun to record and jam along with you guys as always with an upbeat piece by the one and only jackson five in typical style every word has a meaning from the triumph album can you feel it was released in 1981 and was written by michael and jackie and it had lead solos by randy and michael you know, actually, one of my close friends who has a very large part of Michael's life, let's put it that way, he told me recently, I was talking to him on the phone the other week to thank him for his gift that he sent me, and he told me that had I gotten the chance to meet Michael in person, that he would have loved me and thought that I was really special. And I was just remembering that now because I was crying on the phone with him when he said that. And I was like, I told him, I'm like, don't play with me here. And he said he was being genuine because he really knew Michael so well. And he said that I'm just a lot like him. And I just cried because it it really made my day. I really love that man and the whole family. And when I did my podcast with this friend of mine, who was Michael's friend, we were discussing the origins of songs from the early career of the Jackson 5. And in terms of Can You Feel It, the song sums up in short the desperate need for the world to look around, give a damn, and simply come together in unity. Listen carefully to the lyrics behind the deceivingly upbeat melody. It's quite timely. Anyways, give it a listen, and I'll see you in a sec.
Michael's songs like Heal the World and Earth Song and They Don't Care About Us and pieces like that need to make a really strong impact right now. I feel like Heal the World should be an anthem for all of us in specific. I've actually had strangers comment on um, one of my Michael stickers on my car. I have a Heal the World 2020 sticker on my car and they've actually like stopped me in parking lots and in a positive light commented on how nice it is to see that or how it made them feel and it's very heartwarming. By the way, I've got my Heal the World 2020 Michael fitted masks and all my other merch on my merch site. Go to theholistichero.com and hit shop. You can stock all my merch. But for my Heal the World line, some of the proceeds actually go to my associated charity. So I urge you to check that out. Anyways, guys, this has been a blast, and I really hope you've enjoyed, so please come back to re-listen and just hopefully look forward to more of these music episodes as I keep hearing from all of you. You guys do like them. But next week, I am not doing a um, My Life in Music episode. I've already decided. I'm going to switch it up to how lifestyle and diet gave me power of my life. And as I said in the beginning of this episode, it's going to be good. All that being said, I've enjoyed my time here with you guys. I look forward to more music episodes in the future, and I hope you all have a beautiful weekend. So I will see you next Friday on Parts of Me Holistically.